0: All right, folks, we're back to this, uh, the part of the show that I anticipate and look forward to every day and every week. And it is the part of the pregame show where my main man, the 94 IP show producer, and the host and co creator of the Birds IQ podcast that you can see in here on the edge of Mr. Kyle Quinn joins me, Kyle. Uh, good evening or good morning. Uh, and uh, before, of course, we get started, um, how are you doing? I'm good, Matt. And yes, it is the morning. So yes. I'm glad
1: that you've, uh, that you've grounded
0: yourself. I'm feeling good, man. I'm excited. And I'm excited too, Kyle. And obviously, before we get into this week's um, pivotal NFC East matchup, let's talk in, uh, let's go back in time to last Monday night in a rocking, electrified uh, Lincoln Financial Field that had everything that you could want for a Monday night football game. It had Buck and Aikman, it had Travis Kelsey in an Eagles jersey, and it had Eagles Vikings on the field and a dominant performance by said Eagles uh, and mainly Jalen Hurts and the Eagle defense. Kyle Quinn, talk to me about what you saw Monday night on that on that field. I, I saw a beatdown on both sides of the ball. You saw Jalen Hurts doing a lot of the things that you wanted to see out of
1: him, just kind of picking apart his zone, uh, not leaving the pocket too early, keeping the eyes down the field, being accurate, being timely. Uh, and he was getting balls in tight windows there. I, this is, without a single doubt, uh, the best Jalen Hurts performance that I've seen out of him as an eagle. And then on the other side of the ball, the defense just owned owned kirk cousins in the vikings i think literally every single time they sent pressure on kirk cousins he was lobbing up a ball for them to possibly intercept cousins probably should have had six or seven interceptions in that game if darius slay could catch so um the, the defense just absolutely shut down the vikings shut down justin jefferson that was something that i absolutely did not expect at all yeah and then the eagles just feasted on the other side of the ball now I do know that they did not score uh, at all in the second half, and Jalen Hurts made note of that as the game. And, yeah, I mean, that, that's something that they're going to have to clean up a little bit. But there's also, I think, a certain element of the play calling, taking the foot off the gas a little bit. And then, of course, you had the blocked field goal and the uh, interception that bounced off of Kenny gangwell's hand. So those are... Two drives that could have ended up in points in the second half, and ultimately did so. There's a few things to clean up, as Hertz and the rest of the guys have noted, but uh, all around, just
0: a stellar, stellar performance against the Vikings. Yeah, you talked about a couple of the key moments or the key factors in that in that beatdown. Uh, let's talk. Let's go back to Kirk Cousins real quick. Uh, I, I for one noticed a very, um, very uh, rushed, very uncomfortable, very hesitant Kirk Cousins, in trying to just make a play uh, where no play was. Uh, he was consistently throwing off that back foot. And if you looked on his right shoulder, that right shoulder had a lot of grass stains on it. And that's that's obviously the sign of a quarterback on the duress. Uh, did you expect that type of effort from the defensive uh, front against uh, Cousins? No, I, I didn't. And I definitely didn't expect him to panic
1: like he did. Cousins is, you know, for whatever you will about Cousins and how he performs in pride time and stuff, he is a veteran quarterback. And usually veteran quarterbacks are pretty good with, you know, not getting rocked off too much by a blitz. And Like we just said, when he was getting blitzed, I mean, he was just throwing him up there for anybody to go get off the back foot. I mean, he looked like a rookie quarterback that didn't know what the hell he was saying. And I don't think Gannon was really doing anything exotic. I mean, he would just send an extra guy from one side or the other. And Cousins just was not able to handle that. that. That was probably
0: the most surprising part of the game there, that Kirk Cousins looked as bad as he did. Now, I know that coaching is a big part. We, we're very keen in this town on, on criticizing or, or critiquing our coaching, and it, it bodes for every team in the NFL. And to say that coaching is a factor week to week is definitely a valid point to make. Uh, would you say that the Minnesota Vikings were outcoached by Nick Sirianni or the Minnesota Vikings might have been outcoached by the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, probably both.
1: I think you're, the second one is probably, uh, on the defensive side, I would probably say, it was more of the Vikings shooting themselves in the foot. And Aikman pointed this out all game, and he seemed to almost be getting frustrated about it, is that Ed Donatel basically gave us the Jonathan Gannon special where he planned off cover two, 10 yards off the wider receivers, and he did it just once, one time throughout the game. And Hertz did what we all wanted him to be able to do and just sat back and just picked the the zone. Now, a lot of the times, there were wide-open guys. He did have to fit some tight windows there. But for most of the game, guys were just running free, wide-open, and... Uh, Vikings defense seemed to have no answers, and I, like Troy Aikman, was just kind of scratching my head as to, like, why are there no adjustments being made whatsoever on the defensive side of the ball? Just really, really strange. Now, the offense, I think they did a really good job of uh, scheming everybody open, and it wasn't overly difficult with the defensive uh, looks that they were given, but I think they did a very good job of sort of just taking what was there
0: for them. Yeah, no, and that's what, uh, yeah, that's what football is. It's a, it's a four-sided game or a five-sided game, depending on what factors you look at. Now, of course, it's not all roses and sunshine. There were some some issues. You mentioned one of them with no points in the second half, but that might have been due to uh, you know, as you said, scheme or design, or and then you know, the defense was rolling. Let them roll. Uh, so you got to kind of look at that as well. But some of the things that I've noticed over the last, over the course of these last two games, Kyle, we are now currently sitting at uh, eighteen penalties for one hundred and twenty-one yards. Uh, that's not, it's, you know, we're averaging about nine, literally nine penalties a game. Uh, is this early season penalties, or is this uh, something you expect to be corrected? Well, I would say
1: it's early season penalties, but it's kind of not, because the penalties that we were seeing, and they were maddeningly frustrating, the uh, the ineligible man downfield penalties, it's not, it's not the first time that we've seen those. In fact, we've seen them a ton last season. So my issue and my biggest hang-up was, why had that not been ironed out by Nick Sirianni and the rest of the coaching staff? This was clearly something that the Vikings went up to the referees and said, watch out for this. This is what the Eagles like to do. The Eagles run a lot of RPOs, so be on lookout for linemen going three yards down the field, and they clearly emphasize that. Now, the Eagles have to be ready for that. They have to know that, that the style of uh, play that they like to you know, run on offense, they, uh, it's, it's probably going to garner a lot of attention uh, along the offensive line. And if the coaching staff needs to have the guys prepared and uh,
0: iron that out. So
1: definitely very, very frustrating to see.
0: Uh, that amount of penalties on that specific issue. And then the last negative thing I want to talk about about the Eagles, and it's sort of a negative and a positive and a positive and a negative, depending on where this man lines up. Hassan Reddick, a dominating force and a force that really garners a lot of attention when he's on the outside edge, when he's on that line of scrimmage. But boy, Kyle, when he jumps back in the pass coverage, it's like watching a newborn giraffe. I don't know what, who is out there thinking Hassan Reddick needs to be covering anybody in pass coverage?
1: Yeah, well, clearly Jonathan Gannon, I don't understand why. That was the one thing that I think everybody uh, brought up when they brought his time predicate in is that they just have to use him properly. And I think, you know, they're probably rushing him on like 90% of the snaps. It's a really high number there. But the times that he is dropping back, we're getting burned on it. And uh, they just have to, I mean, look, the, the secondary and the linebackers should be good enough so that you're not needing to drop Hassan Reddick back in coverage now just real quick another uh negative it's sort of a minor negative but it was a little bit of a negative it's along the defensive line is that they really still weren't able to get pressure with just the front four guys they did still have to send somebody else in uh to be able to get that little bit of extra pressure on Kirk Cousins and then Jordan Davis kind of again a non-factor still not being trusted and passing down situations and still not getting enough time on the field
0: so yeah. um, that's going to be something to watch for the rest of the season exactly. and absolutely and you know we could definitely go deeper where's Nakobe dean and all that but uh, all in all kyle i mean we both picked the vikings to win this game and obviously yeah. we were both extremely wrong in a in a major way i mean this game wasn't really close at all uh, nope. really so uh all in all you got to be very positive about this game now let's transition kyle because it's time to talk about those washington commanders and Uh, Old friend of ours, Mr. Carson Wentz, So we're going to get our first opportunity to go up against Carson down there in FedEx Field. uh, That beautiful, um, you know, state-of-the-art facility there in Landover, Maryland. Um, Kyle Quinn, the uh, commanders are going to go in this game with an all-white version of their uniforms. All white tops, white bottoms. Eagles going green and white. Uh, The weather down there in Landover is going to be a little bit on that uh, kind of rainy side. There's some scattered thunderstorms in the area. Nothing majorly to report, though, on that. But it could be consistently, or it could be something to keep an eye on. Uh, Kyle Quinn, is there anything you want to jump in with? I know uniforms are your favorite topic. Is there anything you want to add to uniforms and weather before we move on?
1: Yeah, well, clearly Wentz has brought the Wentz White
0: yes. down to Washington. <laughs> <Wednesday>. <laughs> very good, very, very, and yeah, very astute of you to see that, Kyle Quinn. <laughs> I, I like that. Um, on the Eagle, on this, on the injury report. Um, Landon Dickerson is dealing with a foot issue. He could be a game-time decision. Quez Watkins had an illness this week. uh, But other than that, Eagles are once again pretty clean, uh, other than the players that we've already lost. On the Redskins, obviously Chase Young is something that they'll they'll be dealing with, and that's going to affect this team. Uh, There's no getting around that for the commanders. Uh, But as far as players that are kind of in the lineup but won't play, uh, a former Eagle, Casey Tuhill, dealing with concussion protocol, and Daniel Wise, uh, defensive tackle, will also not play. Uh, Kyle, nothing injury related. I mean, obviously we could talk Chase Young and what he what his absence does to this team. But other than that, the Eagles are looking pretty clean through three weeks. Yeah, I would agree. I would say that the Dickerson injury is a bit notable. Um, if he doesn't play, I'm not sure who it would end up being. Maybe Sua, Opeta. Yeah,
1: That would probably concern me a bit more had the uh, commanders not been so thin on their defensive line. You mentioned Chase Young out. Really, the only... Viable pass rushing option that they have along that defensive line right now is Montez Sweat. Other than that, I mean, the Commanders have no bullets. So hopefully, the uh, if Dickerson does not play, um, then hopefully it doesn't really affect
0: us greatly. Now, Kyle, what do you think at four thirty tomorrow afternoon when the players walk off that beautiful, beautiful field the FedEx Field? Uh, just of course, assuming everybody gets off the field in one piece and the railings don't collapse or the state or the stands come down, what do you think happened? on that field tomorrow afternoon yeah i think we're gonna have ended up crushing the commanders Uh, i
1: think on both sides of the ball they're just not up to what we have look the best asset that the commanders have is probably the wide receiver weapons and we have one of the best cornerback secondary tandems in the league so uh that's one thing i do have confidence in the eagles to be able to negate coming from that side of the ball and then on the other side of the ball i mean that secondary in washington is abysmal uh devontae smith and Adrian Brown should be able to feast, especially if Washington sells it up against the run, knowing that they really don't have uh, much um, going for them along that defensive line. So if they're you know, bringing up a box safety or you know using an extra linebacker to get some pressure, that could leave uh, some guys open along the middle of the field. So that's something that we should definitely look out for. But I, look, Vegas has this line 6.5 for the Eagles, and I, I think that's about right. I think we're uh, probably going to win this game by
0: at least one or two scores. Yeah, in the secondary for the Commanders, they are going to get Cameron Curl back, but he's coming back after dealing with some injuries throughout the first part of the season. He's probably not 100%. I agree. It should be an interesting, if the Eagles were able to do what they did to the Vikings, they should be able to replicate that against the Commanders as well. All right, Kyle, three keys to the Eagles victory. What do you see?
1: Yeah, it's really, uh, and I'm going to have to cheat on it a little bit, it's kind of like one key. And I say this because of being Eagles fans and, (laughs) sorry just how familiar we are with Carson Wentz. If there's one thing we know about Wentz, it's that he holds to the ball for way too damn long. So make Carson Wentz hold onto the damn ball. So the secondary's going to have to be tight in coverage. Make him, you know, don't let anybody get open within the first three seconds. Make Carson break the pocket. Uh, so in that case, you maybe want to send an extra guy or try to get pressure with your front four. Uh, either way, you just pretty much want to get Carson Wentz off his spot. Make him hold to the ball for a while. And we know that when Carson Wentz holds to the ball for a while, he makes mistakes. So, really, the big key, the number one key to the game is just find a way to get Carson Wentz to hold on to that ball.
0: Okay, that's all right. I'll deal with that, you know. Um, that's that's okay. I'm going to go a little bit more traditional, and I'm going to give you three. Uh, my number three key to victory. Uh, we just got to not necessarily replicate, because I know every season, every game is different. It's like, a season and a game, and I'm, I'm qu- quite aware that every team is different. But we got to continuously not be the smartest coaching staff in the room and do what we can see in front of us uh, take advantage and put our players in the maximum potential to maximize their skill set and if we continue to do that good things will will happen for this football team straight up i mean it may not be pretty but eventually good things will happen because they are a talented group i've never said they weren't so coaching staff continue to coach within the limits of their players not the limits of the coaching staff that is key for me number three number two uh, I got to see again, uh, we, we talked about this. It was uh, almost like uh, Jalen Hurts ran onto the field Monday and Tom Brady ran off the field Monday night. And that's not what I, I'm not going there with him. It was a outstanding effort by far and away his best game as an Eagle, maybe his best game as a quarterback. I don't know, but I need to see more than just one game. I need to see that week after week, not 333 yards and uh, that kind of stuff. I understand that's not going to, but making smart, proper football decisions with that ball when he is uh in any position to make a throw or a run need to see a little bit more consistency and if he continues to grow in that aspect again good things will happen and my number one key of the uh key for the eagle victory of the week defensive pressure uh you mentioned it the front four still seems a little bit stuck in the mud and i don't know if that's because of fletcher cox is just not fletcher cox anymore which we've known that for a few years uh, Jordan Davis, is it conditioning that doesn't allow him to get on the field? Or is it, you mentioned, is it trust from the coaching staff? Whatever it needs to be, we need to get that front four moving in the right direction that is towards the quarterback. And if they do, they should win.
1: Yeah. So I think the second key that you mentioned is probably the one that I agree with the most uh, on Jalen Hurts because, you know, think about the boxes that you needed to see him check going through this season. And you saw, I'd say, maybe like three out of four of them. On Monday night, that's going through the reads, uh, all the progressions, being accurate, and keeping your eyes downfield when you break the pocket. Now, the fourth one that he really needs to check, and I think it's the most important one, and the one that separates the good quarterbacks from the great ones, that's consistency. You need to see him uh, have those performances, you know, like three, four weeks in a row, and not just come out next week throwing five interceptions and leaving us asking, you know, which one is the real Jalen Hurts. You want a good body of work uh, to be able to go off of that way, you know, because he will have another bad game at some point in the season. Uh, even if you know he's having a really great one, an MVP-type season. He's going to have a lull. And when he does, we need to be able to have a strong enough body of work to say, all right, that's the real
0: Jalen Hurts. No worries. Yep, I agree. And now, Kyle, let's get on to the prediction and score. But before we do, let's remind the folks at home where we stand on this. Kyle, you're, you are 1-1. You picked the Vikings last week to win, and obviously that didn't happen. And I entered the week 0-2, uh, struggling to get on to that win column. Um, so, Kyle Quinn, give me your prediction and score for Sunday. Well, real quick, man, I wanted to ask you if you're getting nervous yet about your uh, eight nine record. No, right. I'm not because unfortunately what I feel is if the Eagles will will make that up somewhere. Those two wins that I had them two losses that I had for them start the season, I unfortunately think it's gonna come in two games that I want them to win. I don't I don't know. I, I Kyle, I'm not I'm not on I'm not on board. One game, I'm not ready to buy my Super Bowl tickets or reserve my spot on Broad Street after Monday night. It was definitely a good game, but I'm not ready for that yet. Um I gotta see more, Kyle. I do all right stick in the mud but my prediction uh is that the eagles beat washington's ass i forgot what i was what i had uh written down to say on the podcast
1: but i think it was something to the tune of
0: 35 to 14. yeah i think we're gonna beat their ass. yeah yeah i'm gonna go with the eagles this, this this week as well i got the eagles winning this game in 27 14 area as well uh mm-hmm. and, and you know i think it's going to be a similar type mo to the viking game i think the eagles will get up top fast and quick and in a hurry and then a, a turnover, two or a Carson Wentz mistake here and there will we'll separate the Eagles, and they'll eventually win this game. Going away, I, I I kind of agree with that as well, Kyle. That would be a lot of fun. Hopefully, in front of a, a majority Eagles crowd down there Yeah, of course, we all know the the uh, eighteen buses that are leaving South Philadelphia promptly at like six ish in the morning tomorrow. That's going to be carrying um, members of the Edge of Philly Sports, the Painted Lines. I believe Barrett Brooks is getting on that. Seth Joiner, <laughs> not on Seth Joiners, but. Uh, just a whole bunch of Eagle people are going to be descending upon the uh, uh, the Landover, Maryland area tomorrow afternoon. So it should be a home away from home, home game for the Eagles. Though. Well, if I know one thing, that if I'm Carson Wentz and I turn around and I saw the edge of Philly guys hopping off the bus, I'd probably turn right around and go home. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's, they're going to be bringing it tomorrow. They might be bringing it more than he does, but. Kyle, uh, with that, who's your MVP of tomorrow's game? It could be anybody—a player, a coach. Um, it could be the guy that fixed the railings of FedEx. It could be anybody. Who is the MVP of tomorrow's game? It's going to be Slay who uh, gets two more interceptions off Carson Wentz. Ooh. Yeah, Kyle. Before I give you my MVP, let's—we didn't talk about this, but so far the Eagles have forced four turnovers through two games. They hadn't hit that four turnover mark last season until so like week seven. Um, mm. What do you see? How do you see this? Is this skill? Better skill Turn- turnovers are, uh,
1: they're like they're very unpredictable, right? Like, they're uh, they're one thing that if they're really high in number one year, they're probably going to get some serious regression back to the mean the next year. Uh, they're one thing that's not really consistent that carries over in your years. It's, it's really just the ball bounce your way, luck, uh, being opportunistic. I mean, like, for example, you got the guy Trayvon Diggs, the Dallas cornerback, who had like 11 interceptions last year but also let off the most yardage of any cornerback in NFL history so he's not going to get 11 interceptions again this year I mean that was you know that was simple luck I mean maybe he might get five which would still be a respectable number uh but he's not going to get 11 so uh, turnovers are just one thing that they're they're just very random uh they're happening you know at at a different rate year to year a lot of variables there now I wanted to ask you Matt one more thing uh are you uh you rescinding your thoughts on Darius play
0: uh no no not once again one one game does not make a career um one game it's not one game Matt he's not, this is a, a whole season and a half where Darius Leigh has been absolutely elite come on okay oh did you say a whole season and a half Kyle we played two games <laughs> a whole season <laughs> two games <laughs> like a half a season. um <laughs> no I'm not ready yet because yeah he's come up pretty big but um has he really faced that I mean yeah I'm mean, Justin he Jefferson's just up there Jefferson. okay I and mean, we'll see. Come we'll, on. We'll, Let's talk. Oh my God. Come on. You can't pull that out anymore. You just beat the number one wide receiver in football. Okay, yeah me put him in prison, dude. What, what did they say a broken clock is right twice a day? I got you, Kyle.. Broken clock. He was great last week and the whole year before. He was not great last year, Kyle. He yes, was he not. Was. He was consistently being beat by standing He was, by, last he was year. consistently he being beat by number one wide receivers, being the ball thrown the to Drew by number Drew four Bay, quarterbacks. The Come the on beat by Devontae Adams and DK Metcalf. that's gonna happen. He was great last year. That he was great. great. I don't think he's as advertised. I'm sorry, I don't. You know, you're, just, you're, wrong. you're he's, wrong. He's juggling the ball in the end zone. The ball's thrown right at him. I don't know, no, man. He's a cornerback. Stop it. He's a cornerback. That's what just no, his job just is nitpicking. to catch the ball and now make I'm interceptions, a man. He drops interception. <laughs> <And> <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> That's kind of a big yeah. thing, isn't it? it? Isn't a big it. thing? No, it's not. He's a corner. Okay, so. The only ones who can consistently catch the ball are the uh, wide receivers. Is that that's it? That's, that's the- why they're wide receivers. That yes. Okay, I disagree, but okay, Kyle, we'll go with what you say. I and I understand that, and a cornerback's part of their job is to catch the football as well, right? No, it's not. part of the cornerback's job is to defend. He's defending and create and he a great, turnovers. Great job of it. So Matt, he had two picks the other day, and absolutely, I mean, no, absolutely, guys. I'm not. has been outstanding. I'll no. No, no more of this plan. If you're, if you're asking me if I'm going to rescind if I said anything negative going into that Viking game, then I would absolutely 100% say yes. No, I would say yes to that, but I, I, I'm i not going to rescind my overall opinion of him right now based off of, in my opinion, his best game is an eagle. His best game is an eagle, right? Yeah. And it's, uh, I don't know. He had a couple last year that were really, really good. Oh, come Denver on. New this yeah. was his best game production-wise on the stat sheet of, of, of his eagle's career. It's up there. It's up there, but the fact that I can even argue and compare it to others that he's had in last year, should tell you all you need to know. Yeah, it does. It tells me all I need to know. Kyle Quinn, my MVP of the game, uh, because you didn't let me say, um, and I'm going to say it now. I'm going to go a little different route here. I, I'm going to say my MVP of the game tomorrow is Miles Sanders. Um, Miles Sanders has had, in in my opinion, a very quietly effective first two games of the year, and it looks like he's not been really asked to kind of be Miles Sanders yet. And I think maybe that's something that the Viking or Vikings, uh, the, I must call them the Redskins, uh, the Commanders, Maybe taken for granted. And I don't know. I like maybe see pops off an 85 yard touchdown run tomorrow. So I'm going to go with Miles Sanders as my MVP of tomorrow's game.
1: Yeah. I mean, those are, that's kind of the story of Miles Sanders' career. I mean, he has some down games. and Now all of a sudden he has like a 150 yard game and on like, you know, six carries or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I uh,
0: could, could definitely see it being a home run day for Miles. All right, Kyle, let's move on to our around the NFL. Of course, this year we are focused on exclusively the New Orleans Saints. They are one and one. Uh, and they have an interesting game, another divisional game. They started their season off, Kyle, with three straight divisional games. That's that's amazing. And that's actually a waste of divisional games, if you ask me. Yeah, it it's it actually straight up a waste. But uh, this week, they're on the road in Carolina. Kyle, do the Saints keep the dream alive for a top five draft pick on the road against the Panthers? And, no, I, I think
1: they're honestly going to crush the Panthers. The Panthers are a really, really bad team really, really bad. Uh Baker's got nothing. Matt Rule's
0: probably going to be the first coach in the NFL fired. So I think the Saints bounce back. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I'm starting to not like our odds with that top five pick. All right, Kyle coin my question of the week. And this one, I have to admit, Kyle, I may not have given this much thought. Uh This might not be a brain uh, teaser or something that's going to stimulate you or make you better as a human being, but it's something that's been bothering me. And I don't know if it's because I'm petty Maybe I am, or maybe I, I hold uh, vengeance or hold grudges. I don't know, Kyle, but on Monday night, we saw a myriad of celebrities and high-profile sports athletes that were in attendance to that game in, the, in Philadelphia. Uh, one of them was Bryce Harper sitting down there, and I guess in Mike Trout's seats, wearing his Eagles hat, coming off of a weekend series against the Braves where the Phillies were swept out of town, looking extremely pathetic. He's in a slump but he looked like he was having a great time. Not That's not necessarily what upset me, but what upset me was up in the box, Travis Kelsey, the Kansas City Chief tight end, rocking a Jason Kelsey jersey and an Eagles hat, uh, drinking a beer. If that was Jason Kelsey, Kyle Quinn, in attendance at a Chiefs game, decked out in Chiefs gear, granted his brothers, what would you think about that? Well, the fact that you specifically asked
1: about Jason Kelsey would lead me to say, he can do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, if it was somebody different who isn't, you know, in as much good grace with me as Jason Kelsey is, uh, basically in my mind, Jason Kelsey could do no wrong unless he's wearing a Cowboys shirt. You know, then then things might be a little different. I think he would have the wherewithal to know not to do that, even if one of his family members is on the Cowboys. I got no issue with him repping, uh, if, if he wanted to rep his brother. And uh, AFC team, team that we're probably not going to see unless we see them in the Super Bowl. And I'm sure in the Super Bowl he would not be rocking. The opposing teams gear there. No, I actually love it. I, I I love the fact that uh, they're they're probably one of my favorite NFL families. Honestly, I, I love the way they interact with each other. Uh,
0: I love the way that they support each other. I have no issue with that whatsoever. And no one, no one, Coach Reed. Like we know, Coach Reed. Do you think Travis maybe on the way out to Philadelphia said, "Hey, this is what I'm going to be doing, Coach." Do you have any issues with that, or if he yeah. didn't, do you think Coach has got some issues with that?
1: No, you know, I, I don't think Andy has any issues with that. Um, Andy and, and the whole Kelsey family, I'm sure, are really tight, considering that he has now coached uh, both brothers. So I'm, sure that, uh, I'm sure it was all mutually uh, all in good fun there.
0: Okay. All right, Kyle. I disagree. I think it's disrespectful, and if I was a Kansas City Chief fan, I would be pretty hot about that right now. I don't care if it's Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. I don't care who it is. Uh, you, you don't do that. You just don't do it. It's bad optics. It's bad for the community, Kyle Quinn you got to stay in color. Well, Matt, you've been wrong about a lot today, so I might as well completed the trifecta. Uh, I, yes, I have, Kyle, but hopefully I'm not wrong this week, and hopefully we're both right and we both uh, get our wish that the Eagles win. Kyle Quinn, yes, uh, before we say goodbye, can tell the folks out there where we can see and hear you out there in the uh, in the airwaves. Yeah, so uh, first
1: I'd like to apologize for the technical difficulties I was experiencing on Thursday. was not able to get a full show up and running there, but uh, – we will be back in action next Thursday, 7 p.m., breaking down what is hopefully an Eagles win over the commies. And then looking forward to another reunion there with uh old Dougie Pay. So looking forward to that. And uh, you can check that all out Edge of Philly Sports. And then you can find me on Twitter at Kyle underscore
0: Quinn, W-I-P. All right, Kyle Quinn. As always, brother, it is a great pleasure to talk with you. And we will talk again next week. Go Birds, Kyle. You got it, man. Go Birds, Matt kyle quinn joined me here as he does every week and boy it's so good to hear him it's upbeat this morning and yes for those of you who were tuned in on thursday night at seven on eop to see the bird's iq podcast which of course i am every week because i want to support my fellow eop people uh you saw a real (laughs) saw a real um uh, messy kind of thing but kyle as the professional that he is powered through it the best he could but sometimes technical uh technology is not so so good, right? We are, we've we already been there. We've all been through that before. So uh, Kyle Quinn powered through it. So make sure you check him out next week. I'm sure he'll be back in studio doing what he does the best. Folks, that is going to wrap me up tonight, um, or today, I should say. It is a great time to come and do the Eagles pregame show every week. I look forward to this literally every week. And I have the same sentiment as everybody. I think the Eagles win this game handily. I'm I'm not overlooking the fact that it's a the Commanders and it's Carson Wentz. I just think the Eagles are a better organization than the than the Commanders are. And um, uh, you know, um, I, I think so. So I think the Eagles start the season at three and zero. Yes, I do know, and I am not rescinding my eight nine prediction. I still think that comes true. But to this week at least, I think the Eagles handle their business against the Commanders solidly. Folks, we'll all be back next Monday or on Monday-ish, Monday, Tuesday-ish, to recap this game with you, break down everything that went down over the over this weekend with the Phillies and Braves, and maybe mix in some more Flyers as we continuously ramp this thing up from a uh, what the Phillies, and now we're looking at almost a four for four with the Sixers looming in the future very very soon as well. Till we talk again, go Birds and take care.